independent, trustworthy and dazzling. Time now for Tommy's Tribune. Ah, yes, it is. It's the day where we uh, recap the headlines from last week. And if you want to throw some headlines... I mean, we've had that much sport, Tommy, that we can certainly throw some headlines up this morning. And we've got the talking point around cricket, the talking point around golf balls, the talking point around uh, how it played out at the Australian Open. The lot. Good morning. Good morning, Maddie, and all the listeners out there again. Yeah, another big, big weekend. and But again, we're not really... We are talking about the sport particularly the the golf this morning. But the biggest headline has been, well, Johnson just slams down Davey Warner. When I saw that article yesterday, I was I was taken aback. Um, but then, then again, if the last, what, 12 to 18 months has kind of really shown us, it's that Mitch Johnson, when he's riding for the Western Australian or Coast Sports or whoever, he's not taking a back foot for anyone, similar to what we saw in his um, his test career for Australia. Mm, yeah, I, look, I think that Tim Payne speaks a lot of sense in this one. If you if you don't want to read his opinion, don't read it. That that's fine. There's no problems about that. But we, and also he's got the right to have that opinion. There's no dramas about that either. I I do see the other side too, where a lot of people who were involved in the time that Mitchell Johnson was in his um, in his prime, he was very sensitive to criticism. He was very sensitive to public opinion and everything that went on. There was a whole stack of stuff going on there. So um, I, I don't think he's sitting back going, oh, well, everyone's having a crack at me. I think he's probably enjoying that. Yeah, the, the only thing I think Umbridge, yeah, and I fully respect what um, what you say there, Matty, and what Tim Payne says. I think it was very... Because Tim Payne as well, his name also got brought up in the article written by Miss Johnson, his relationship with George Bailey. Um, and Tim said, look, I didn't agree with that stuff. I do agree to a certain extent with what the stuff that he's talking about with David Warner. Um, but he was very um, mature and I thought pragmatic about it, speaking this morning on Ashley and Tassie with Brent Costello, Tim Payne, about the whole situation. The thing with David Warner, Matty, so you just go through his, his Australian test summer last year, played five test matches, as we know, against West Indies and South Africa. He had 315 runs at an average of 39.4. He had scores of 48, 5, 221, 3-0, and then, of course, 200 in that Boxing Day double century and then a score of 10 at the SCG. So if you really, if you take out 200, he didn't have a score over 50, and he had one really good score of 48, and that was in that first innings of the first test match of the summer. So very, very up and down for Davey Warner, and we know what happened in England this year in the Ashes. He had some scores over 50, but again, for the majority of the time, Stuart Broad had his number. So I guess I understand where people are coming from because Brandy said it this morning as well, Matt. He goes, Davey Warner's a legend, but I think what's put people offside with him is that he's been calling when and where he's going to retire and when and where he's going to have that swan song where we haven't really seen that in the past. You know, Correct me if I'm mistaken there or if someone else has done it. So I guess he's been a little bit confident, Davey. Um, which is what he's done and what he's been throughout his whole career. But I guess that's probably putting up some people offside where he's, he's been saying, look, I'm going to retire here. I'm going to retire at the SCG on my terms and my solid ground. But at the same time, if you're going to say that, you've got to back it up with your scores. And apart from that double century against a South African side at Boxing Day last year, he hasn't really done that in the past, what, 18 months in the test format. I'm just trying to see 
we need to go back and have a look as to exactly what David Warner said back then because it's my understanding, it was in June, that he was hoping that it would be a farewell from the SCG. And like I said earlier, of course you're going to answer that way. I mean, that's his hope and that would be his dream. So, of course, that's what he's going to say. And I'm trying to find the, the quotes around exactly what he said. But from what I can remember, and I've almost got it here, from what I can remember, he didn't say, I deserve to be in the, in the SCG test um, because I deserve to have a farewell. He said, I've always said, here you go, I've always said that the 2024 T20 World Cup will be my final game, but I think I probably owe it to myself and my family. If I can score runs here and continue to play back in Australia... I can say I won't be playing the West Indies Test Series. If I get through this and I can make the Pakistan Series, I will definitely finish up then. I've always played every game as though it's my last. Um, it's my style of cricket. I just keep working uh, as hard as I can. So this was before the Test match against India and before the Ashes Series. So that's kind of the sum of it, really. At no stage do I remember David Warner saying, I'm... I deserve a farewell test. He said, well, I hope to be there. Yeah, well, there you go. And look, I think he's done enough in his career, as Tim Payne said this morning on SCN Tassie. I think he's done enough. He's got the credits in the bank. Bryce McGain said it with you last down, Matty, that, you know, can his short form um, cricket, as we saw in the ODI World Cup, where he was sensational, was in the team of the tournament, can that translate? I'll still give him benefit of the doubt because he's done it time and time again, especially in Australia. I know takeaway last, I just went through those numbers, although he did have that double century, takeaway last summer, he does score a lot of runs in Australia. We all know his problems away um, from the country, especially in England and in India, but always going to back Davey when it comes to batting in Australia. Matty, this, uh, I'll get to the headlines soon, but this Michael Maguire, Kiwis, um, Wayne Bennett situation, which... We've been following at length, and I remember we, I can't remember if we said it on air, Matty, last week, or you asked me off air. You said, okay, well, what happens if Wayne Bennett puts his hand up and says, hey, New Zealand Rugby League, we've got a connection from 15 years ago. Um, I'm not going to be coaching in an official capacity after 2024, that NRL season, so uh, do you want, I'm free to go around again. They'd be foolish to not at least entertain the prospect of Wayne jumping back in an official capacity with them. Um, what do you think there, Matty? Because I think if he's available and they haven't hired either a Nathan Caleb or a Stacey Jones or, or someone else, then he is the pick to, to be the next coach of the Kiwis. Oh, I think he's. you absolutely have to look at that there. I just wonder whether they've sort of back, backed themselves into a corner here with their explanation around why they didn't want to continue going with Michael Maguire. And the interesting thing is the pathways thing I understand, part of me understands that pathways. But the interesting thing is, here is that they would now be asked to consider, and we're not saying that they're considering, but they would now be asked to consider a coach who's got a full-time job next year versus a coach who's got a five-month contract. A coach who I would suggest would probably have, if not more, perhaps equal influence on players and which path they would choose whether or not he's state of origin coach, he's Wayne Bennett. So it appears to me as though they've 
they might have backed themselves into a corner. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I think they might have backed themselves into a corner here with the explanations around why they didn't want Michael Maguire, who led them to that Pacific Championships victory, and why they would now want somebody like Wayne Bennett. Now, the easiest answer to get that is, um, the easiest way to get to that answer is, it's Wayne Bennett. And, of course, you'd be considering him. So it's it's an interesting one to see where they where they go with that. Yeah, look, again, if I had to put my money on it, not my money on it, but again, if he's available at that stage where they're negotiating, they're deciding who they should pick as their next Kiwis coach, he, they'd be foolish not to speak to him, not to speak to his management and offer him a deal. Um, if it's for two years, three years, however long Wayne wants. Again, if, and he would be a hard man to dictate as well, Wayne Bennett. Around, you know, Craig Peters has denied that they gave Michael Maguire an ultimatum about coaching the Blues or coaching the Kiwis. Um, imagine trying to give an ultimatum to Wayne Bennett. Um, Maddie, before I go, I'll quickly recap some of the headlines I did last week. Um, so my first headline was in regards to the WBBL final, Brisbane Heat, the Adelaide Strikers. I was going to go all guns for Grace Harris. My headline was a graceful win for Brisbane. She got a... Um, a half century in the semi-final win. I thought she was going to get another half century and lead Brisbane to a win over Adelaide Strikers, but she got 15. So that was a no-go for headline number one. Second one, Win Woo Lee. Our man, Min, Min Woo Lee, coming up a win in the Australian PGA Championship. Thought he was going to go two in a row. Unfortunately, came third. And you're asking for mottos for Madge. And so the next yes. two aren't predictions, but I had In Madge We Trust. For the Blues, and then after you revealed some of the figures that John Rahm was getting offered by Liv, the easiest headline there was just "Show me the money." Yep, yep. So I, yeah, I reckon you. I reckon you. I mean, for a time there when Minwoo Lee was was really close down that back run of the golf yesterday, and Minji Lee was in the picture in the women's side as well. I thought, oh, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a win here on the Tribune, but not to be, not to be. That's all right. Good work, Tommy. Nice stuff. We will take a break. 0457 736 736. The bag says, I'm glad you read out uh, David Warner's quote. Doesn't deserve the hammering he's got on the back of those words. Thank you for that. That was in June. That That's what he said back in June. So it was about the expectation of a, a dream, essentially, of a farewell. Um, let me read you some more here. He said... Remains adamant he's not thinking about whether he's done a, done enough to confirm the booking for his Sydney retirement party against Pakistan. This was uh, an article by Scotty Bailey back in June. I've played enough cricket. I know I'm already at the back end. I'm going to enjoy that retirement. Um, the most important thing here, putting my best foot forward for the team, bringing the energy, put the numbers on the board for the guys. That's all I'm focused on. I'm not worried about my spot in the team. So I, I'm just struggling to find anywhere where he said, it's my spot and I should have it for the SCG test. I don't think he's ever said that. Let's uh, continue with that discussion after this break right here on SEN.